The Cardboard and Cracker Jacks podcast is a proud member of the TSPN, the TimeScoop Podcast Network. You can catch our podcast on a number of outlets, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and TimeScoop.com slash podcast. And for more updates about the baseball season, memorabilia collecting, and cardboard, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter today at Cracker Jacks Pod. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fantastic edition of the Cardboard and Cracker Jacks podcast. I'm your host, Tampa Tones, welcomed in by our great co-host today, Billy G. Coach G. We'll bring him in here shortly. I finally got that one right. I feel like it's a little tongue twister for me. I could never seem to get right, but this time we did. Uh, we got some Cubs news to talk about as they worked on their bullpen a little bit today. They brought in two guys today to help the bullpen. We'll get into that talk in a little bit. The White Sox are gearing up for opening day as well. We had pitchers and catchers report today around baseball in some places. We'll get into that as well. So that is creeping up before you even know it. Once the Super Bowl ends, the chapter kind of turns and you're left with hockey and basketball. And then out of nowhere, baseball glistens into the sun. And it's a beautiful sport. We're looking forward to it. Without further ado, we're going to bring in Billy G. Billy, how are we doing today? Uh, glad we can get on for a podcast. What's going on, brother? Yeah. Uh, first time in maybe a week and a half we were able to talk. And, you know, I, this is something I always look forward to. I look forward to talking baseball because, you know, it's right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers did report today at spring training. So, I'm very excited. Saw Michael Kopech throwing a bullpen session, and that just gets me going. Yeah, speaking of Kopech real quick, we'll get into him here. Uh, They said on the radio ESPN 1000 that he may be used as kind of a specialist this upcoming season, maybe not a starter, um, so to speak, for the entirety of the year. He might be like that Josh Hader stopgap guy when uh, he does come in and just tries to dominate, you know, they might try and use him as that type of reliever. Do you think the White Sox would benefit more with the Kopech out of the bullpen or a starting Kopech, which looked effective in his first few starts of his career? You know, that's, that's a tough question because uh, I do like what he can do as a, pitch, a starting pitcher where he's throwing, you know, high 90s, low 100s for at least six or seven innings. And that's that's a special talent to have, but it is a lot on the arm and the elbow. So if you know if he can come in for one inning, maybe two, and just be lights out, throwing 102 almost every other pitch uh, with like a filthy slider, I, I wouldn't mind that as a, a, a setup guy and maybe develop him into a closer. Um, he could also be long relief if needed because he has that experience as a starter um you know i i saw somewhere that they're gonna probably have him on the opening day roster and like you said it's not really certain where he'll be if he's going to be in the bullpen or rotation and you know i just play play it day by day and uh, maybe start him in the bullpen maybe work him as like a fifth starter rotate him with you know rolo ronaldo lopez and uh, rodan and just see what where it goes from there because you know, he is a special talent. So to have him just uh, go to waste, that would be a damn shame. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where he, he, he's still obviously young as hell. 
and he had a bad injury that set him back a little bit. But you can't blame him for that. Um, opted out of the season last year with, uh, you know, some issues going on, and that's all that can be said about that. So now it's kind of a make-or-break season for him as he's coming back from an injury. He had all of last year to rehab as well. Obviously, you're going to see some kinks to work out from the guy because he did miss so much, but you just want to see some positive progression at some point in the season, and then next year would be the nice telling tale of how effective he is. I mean, Kopech could be a top-end starter. He could be a top bullpen guy for a team. You just never know. He's so young. He's still a project, and the White Sox could really kind of craft him as to what they want to do with him, in my opinion, at least. No, absolutely. I agree 100%. You know, there's there's no wrong thing to do with him. He's so young. I want to say he's 23 or 24. And this guy, this guy's, his ceiling is so high. You know, he was, he was so, uh, you know, projected to be such a, a high prospect. And he has been his whole, you know, career. Um, I remember last spring training, right before everything got shut down, I think he was the last start, his first inning back after having Tommy John. I want to say he threw like 10 pitches. I maybe five of them were at 102 miles per hour. And that's something that's really exciting to see because, you know, some guys struggle coming back from surgeries like that. But to see that he kept his velocity, that's, that's really promising. Yeah, it was promising for sure. The velocity is one of the indicators of how good you recover from those type of things. So if he is indeed keeping his velocity, that's really important. Uh, we see a lot of guys get arm injuries and perhaps never work up to their avail back to arm speed. Uh, some injuries ruin an arm guys, an arm speed for guys forever. So we'll see if Kopech indeed does have the nastiness that he brought to the table a few years back, or if this injury set him back a little bit. One way or another, he's still an intriguing piece to the puzzle, perhaps. And the White Sox are really relying on him to try and get them to win to the next level. Bill, any other White Sox moves or news or tidbits uh, you want to talk about here before we kind of shift to the north side of the city? Uh, nothing in particular, uh, but I did see the Cubs made a couple moves today. Yeah, I mean, we got Workman, former Red Sox and Phillies closer. We brought back Pedro Strope. The Arietta deal became official. All of a sudden, a Cubs team who was crying for money a couple weeks ago we couldn't afford Lester. We couldn't afford Schwarber. Then we signed Peterson. Now we're signing Arietta. We signed Trevor Williams, Workman, Strope. All of a sudden, the Cubs are loading up on these veteran one-year contracts, Chafin, a uh, couple weeks back. It'll be very interesting to see how this pans out, how it turns out. The Cubs once said that they didn't have a lot of money. Now they must have found it somewhere. I'm very intrigued. At least they're trying to add pieces. And just like that, the Cubs could be in, in, in uh, striking distance at the NL Central after these moves. Yeah, that's exciting for you guys that you're, you know, you're finally doing something. I, I know a lot of Cubs fans were anxious the last year because no, nothing's been done. They're letting guys go. But to see them make these moves – I personally don't know how I feel about them. I do like Trevor Williams. I think, you know, he's got some potential that has not been untapped yet. Uh, he was, I think, a high prospect coming into the league and kind of has fizzled out. Um, maybe a, a new scenery can, you know, spark something there. 
Uh, my question is for you about Arietta and Strope. How do you feel about these? It's tricky because I do like Arietta, obviously, and what he's done for the Cubs as well as Strope. But you look at Arietta's year last year, you can tell he was a different guy. Uh, he did have some surgery. You hope that he recoups a little bit and rebounds uh, from a surgery. Maybe it helps him. Maybe it doesn't. His ERA ballooned over five. And with the Phillies, he was really never the same guy as he was with the Cubs. Now, that being said, he's going back to an atmosphere where he pitched very well and uh, he excelled and he propelled from one of the worst to one of the best pitchers in baseball during his span at this field. So maybe it is Wrigley Field that has Arietta pitching at elite levels. Maybe he feels some type of way about the Cubs that has him do a next level. Time will tell soon. My biggest gripe on this is we couldn't afford John Lester, quote unquote. We kind of dangled him around out there. One of the best uh, moves in our franchise's history, obviously, both of these guys could be ranked up there both great moves but in my opinion if we do bring in a guy like Jake Arietta, to me there's no excuse why we couldn't have brought back John Lester I mean you know he, he's been here the longevity he's never left the Cubs finish out his contract he still looked effective at times the past couple of seasons what's your thoughts on that do you think that the Cubs kind of made the wrong choice here in theory or do you think that they really did come up on a lump sum of money out of nowhere you know, I do think they came up on this money out of nowhere. Um, I think they may have been, you know, preparing for the worst. And maybe this is a sign that they expect to have fans this summer, that they're, you know, they're able to spend this money that they're projecting to have and projecting to make. Uh, hopefully we're at the back end of this pandemic and that, you know, that'll turn things around. It's, it's crazy how you see teams like the Cubs who they've been up there in payroll the last couple of years. And now they're like, ah, now we don't have money. But then you see teams like the Dodgers, and they're just signing and signing and signing and signing. And it's crazy what they're doing. And if I'm a Cubs fan, I'd be like, what are we doing? Why, why give up? You know, we, we're only what, five years out of winning a World Series. That's really not that, that long uh, based on how young Chris Bryant was when that happened uh, and how young Javier Baez and Wilson Contreras was and Schwarber. Um, yeah, so them not being able to sign John Lester, that's a little head scratching. Uh, what's the age discrepancy of Lester and Arietta? Is Arietta is younger, I know, but I think Ari, yeah, Lester's definitely um, a little more over the hill than Arietta is. But with that being said, in terms of their fall off in age, I don't, I think that Arietta's showed a little more decline. Lester's 37. And Arietta is, let's see here, Jake Arietta. 33, maybe? Uh, 34. So that's 34. Three, so it's not that, years. Not not that too, much of a difference. No, not too much of a difference. And uh, like I said, I think Arietta has shown more fall off in recent years than Lester has in terms of at least the basics of pitching stats. Yeah. And I, I think Lester, he was ready to take like little money. And I think that what they signed Arietta for, six mil? Yep. Yep. I think I think they could have gotten Lester for cheaper. Uh, honestly, probably could have gotten him for just, like four, five, maybe four and a half million, something like that. Hundred percent. Yeah. He he loved Chicago. He made it his home here. Uh, I'm sure he would have taken much less money uh, to stay here, finish up his career here. But hey, maybe he wants to win. Uh, maybe at the time he wasn't expecting the Cubs to make a push to sign other players, and he's like, ah. Eh. 
you guys aren't going to make any moves that are enticing me to stay. I'll go somewhere that, you know, they have some pieces that have potential. Right. So, yeah, now they definitely do have the pieces. Uh, One thing, one thing though, they kind of did the same thing with Schwarber and uh, Peterson, you know, they kind of let Schwarber walk and brought in Jack Peterson. And in my book, they're almost the same type of player or am I going crazy? No, I, I agree with that. They're both power hitting lefties that can't hit other lefties. <laughs> uh, plain and simple. Their defense, they're both, you know, uh, average, a little below average, so somewhere around there. Um, nothing extraordinary special other than these guys just hit the shit out of the ball. They don't hit for extraordinarily high averages, but the slugging percentage is there. And, you know, uh, it just it baffles me with the Cubs getting rid of Schwarber when they maybe could have gotten that stock up a little bit higher and traded him halfway through the year um, and maybe still have signed Jock Peterson. I, I, a lot of this, I, it makes me think about were teams kind of waiting to sign guys just to depend on what they're going to do with the DH for the National League. Um, I, I know that I don't think they're going towards it uh, this year which is I think that's a shame because that's that's more jobs for more hitters and that, like come on like nobody wants to watch a starting pitcher hit the thing times. is continuancy is key in my opinion and they just uh disrupted a season by putting the DH in both divisions and now they're going to move backwards and retract that see that's where I, I disagree with what the MLB is doing because I have no problem with keeping it traditional, but then you should have kept it traditional. It, it makes no sense to try it for a year and then to go back. This isn't an experimental league. This is major league baseball. You don't just change the rules year by year. I know it's given circumstances with COVID, but let's be honest here. When we're looking at every league and how they deal with the pandemic, major league baseball was a one league that made more changes to their rule book, shortened their season by far way more than anybody and had a hard time harder time than any other sport to get their players to come back to play so I'm not sure what's going on with major league baseball I hope these are many hiccups and nuances just because of a pandemic we're not familiar with but Bill the past 18 months I haven't been more disappointed in any sport than perhaps major league baseball on this whole thing in general yeah I I can't disagree more like we know I can no, I can't agree more I agree 100 percent um Rob Manfred, he is a fucking clown, this guy. He wants to change the rules. Oh, let's go to a three-hitter rule. Come on. Guys specialize in throwing to certain-handed guys. I get you want to speed the game up, but there's there's so many different ways to do it. Um, the the seven-inning doubleheaders, I don't mind that per se, uh, just, just because that is a lot of baseball and that can – strain a bullpen uh, in such a long season. Um, but the, how can you give a, you know, a DH to NL teams for one year and then say, yeah, no, sorry, we're, we're taking that one back. Well, I think that was the most productive one they made. The productive change they made yeah. um, baffles me. Just baffles me. Baffles me, confuses me. 
I don't know what he's doing. Again, this isn't experimental leagues. This isn't the minor leagues. This isn't some sort of spring training where you're just saying, oh, we're going to try this, we're going to try that. This is Major League Baseball. This is a product that people are watching. This is what's televised in ESPN, TBS, and a number of other high-end outlets. I mean, you guys, and I mean Major League Baseball, better get your stuff together because we have other sports. NFL stays a powerhouse. NHL is on the rise. Basketball has a very good niche market of their fan group. It's just baseball is headed in the wrong direction. If they keep all this inconsistency and rules up, I just can't see it getting better. If I'm a fan of the game, I'm going to want to watch a game in every year, not be a different sport. You know what I'm saying? If all of a sudden now people are going to get used to having a DH, now I guarantee you're going to have all these fans watching the game expecting a DH to come out of that dugout. They're going to announce a damn pitcher. I'm still not even sure half the damn rules for this year. I couldn't tell you what he did with the playoffs, if he put it back, if he's keeping it the same. It's just really bad. And the little, um, these little nitpick things that us fans see so easily if we pick this down to a core, man, we have a legitimate case that Major League Baseball needs a new man running it. Yeah, I'll take the job. Uh, I'd fix baseball just like that. Um, yeah, it seems that, you know, the owners meet and the players union meet, you know, every so often. And just like that, they just change a rule or they, you know, they change the playoff structure and it's, you know, it's a give and take. So it's, oh, we're going to extend playoffs to get higher revenue. But, yeah, we're going to take away the DH. And from the players' union, why would you ever agree to something like that when you're taking a job away from, you know, a couple NL teams and then just giving the owners more revenue? Yeah. You know, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. Uh, like I said, it's like they keep thinking it's experiments and it's cool, but it's not. It's a pro, a pro sport. Uh, something to do that in his spring training. Go crazy in spring training. They've done that before in spring training. I'm totally lost now uh, in terms of keeping up with Rob Manfred, but we could literally have a whole podcast on the Manfred side of the show and on the side of things. We got a lot of little bit of other baseball news to talk about here quick before uh, we get into some collective news and then wrap up here. Billy Cody Allen, the Indians leading saves leader in their entirety has retired today. A very under the radar bullpen arm. Uh, he was in the White Sox division, obviously, for a big part of his career. What made Cody Allen stand out for the closer that he was and, you know, leading him to the, become the all-time league leader in saves for the Cleveland Indians? You know, th this guy just – he flew under the radar for so long. And uh, I don't know if it's because the, the Indians aren't in a, a huge market, but, you know, this guy tormented Sox for years, and uh, I'm glad – that he's gone. Congratulations to him. He had a fantastic career. Uh, hope all well in retirement, but he was only 32, I believe. And that's, that just seems a really young uh, for a pitcher to retire. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It seems really young. I think he went to the angels last year and he just didn't show too much signs of life. So maybe he's just 
maybe he lost it. Sometimes a pitcher just loses it over time. Maybe that's what happened to him. Uh, anyways, thanks for the memories, Cody. It was fun watching you close out some games. We wish you the best in your next chapter and future endeavors. So Cody Allen retires at a young age. More to come on that. Uh, we got some more baseball news real quick, Bill, but I feel like it's a sports show. It's appropriate to talk about. We did lose a good one uh, in the NFL yesterday, and you look at all sports, and they are really brotherhood. It, it, it's really a brotherhood, and uh, the sports brotherhood did lose a great one yesterday at the age of 38. Uh, I'm sorry, a couple days ago at the age of 38, far too young, but former Buccaneers wide receiver Vincent Jackson was found gone dead in his hotel room at the age of 38. Uh, the hotel maid actually found him. Stories are still coming out. Some have been reported inaccurate, some accurate, so we're not going to get into details on death or anything. Um, it's just tragic, far too young, and we see this too often in sports, sadly. I feel like all these young guys just, you know, they people think athletes are um, invincible, and then when something like this happens, it, it is kind of – it brings it back down to earth and it's kind of like, wow, these guys, you know, they're humans too. Yeah, no, it's super sad. Um, I don't know much about the guy. Uh, I know, I think you have some collection of him, right? You have a Jersey maybe. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you looked up to this guy and got his game player, gloves too. Yeah. See, that's awesome. And, you know, uh, haven't anybody, you know, pass so early. That's, that's just troubling. Um, you know, if you pray for him, uh, his family, and you, you can hope that like, it's not one of those overdoses or anything like that, because th those are heartbreaking. Um, and you know, any loss is heartbreaking, but like, you, you know, it's one of those you read uh, like a, a newspaper article and you're just like, ah, please don't like overdose or anything like, cause uh, uh, you don't want to, you know, tarnish the name. I, I mean, I don't even know how to put it into words, but uh, you, you never want to see that. No, and it's something that happened out of nowhere. Like I said, he was a Lightning guy. He went to every Lightning game, pretty much every home game. He owned a restaurant down in Tampa. He owned a couple different companies or had stock in a lot of companies. VJ was a guy who was motivated. He was a great guy. He was the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for the Bucks four out of five years. Just everything, a great military man. He came from a military family, military parents. He had a military foundation called the Jackson in Action Charity, which uh, helped military people throughout the world. So just a lot of good in a, a lot of good in Vincent. Uh, the sports world will miss Vincent. The city of Tampa specifically will miss Vincent. And it's just really sad as he is gone too soon. So uh, before we end out with our card and memorabilia topic, a quick moment of silence for Vincent Jackson. So that was a moment of silence for former Pro Bowl, three-time Pro Bowl Chargers and Buccaneers wide receiver, Vincent Jackson. And it's just terrible. It's never easy. And uh, we hope his family, close friends, and the rest are doing the best they can be in, in these tough times. Billy, as we wrap up here, close out the show. Any memorabilia or cardboard, any White Sox updates you have that you want to give? I see that nice Jimenez jersey in the background. Have you gotten any more gear of any of your favorite teams, cards, anything? 
Uh, nothing, nothing as of late. Uh, I'm kind of just waiting for baseball season to start. Hopefully, you know, jump on some game use memorabilia from that. Maybe even oh, yeah. spring training. Hopefully, you can get it cheaper for spring training. You could for um, sure. Um, I could probably yeah. help you out get a White Sox connect to one. Once you start talking to him, it's it's really good. It's it's easy and it, <laughs> game use stuff is like next level it's like a lot of cool stuff out there but game you stuff it's like it feels like you're in the game you get a piece of the game yeah no it's a good way to hold those memories uh um before we go into memorabilia though i have one quick question about what you think about pakoda the projections came out this year mm-hmm. um and the orioles were given a 0.0 percent chance of making the playoffs realistic at least what? i mean it's realistic <laughs> But like, for uh, you know, for like I wouldn't say zero point zero. Them- I'd maybe give him a zero point zero one. But you do look at the Orioles roster, and it's very, it's just <laughs> not good. I don't know how to say it. Um, they haven't been good. I mean, Felix Hernandez is slated to be their second starter. Um, and, and you know and that, and that's tough. They, they you know. From a team that actually showed promise with Machado, like a young Machado, to having no Machado and being absolute dog shit, that's just a shame what that organization's doing. Uh, they but do look, have some good from them, Yeah, but what, it's, uh, what can you do for me now? Not what, what, do you, what are you going to do for me? Yep. Uh, but moving from that to like the White Sox, the White Sox are, have a 13% chance of winning the division um, and their record's supposed to be 83 and 79 coming in third place in the AL central behind the Indians who have unloaded most of their talent this year. Um, the twins, you know, uh, they're obviously the, the favorite they're stacked top to bottom, but what do you think of that? They have the proje- uh, projected standings for that with the Indians coming in second with 86 wins and the white Sox with 83. I'm going to have – I think the Twins are actually the team that's going to finish in third in that division. I think I see both the White Sox and the Indians above the Twins, and I think it's because pitching. If you look at the Indians pitching, it's still very relevant. They still have a very good rotation. They missed a couple guys last year on some weird COVID protocol-type things, some injuries. They have a very good young pitcher coming up in the ranks. We've seen him a couple times last year, Tristan McKenzie. Uh, they got a couple other guys. They have the best pitcher in baseball at this time, Shane Bieber. Uh, his numbers were fantasy world numbers last year. They have other intriguing options like Plesak. So uh, Aaron Seaval had a very good year. He helped us win a fantasy baseball championship last year. To me, what separates the Indians from the other teams is their rotation. Do I think that they're eschewing for the playoffs? Absolutely not. They got rid of a lot of good players. But I do think they're going to be better than than the Twins, and not only them, but I think the White Sox are going to be better than the Twins as well. I think it comes down to the Indians or the White Sox for the division at the end of the day. I'm sorry. I called the Indians winning it last year. A lot of people called me nuts. I see them um, maybe not winning it this year, but I see them and the White Sox battling it out for first in that division. That'd be an exciting race. Um, and then to move over to the Cubs before you get into the memorabilia side of what you've been got going on, um, the Cubs are projected to finish second in their division with 85 wins, B 
behind the Milwaukee Brewers. I find that a little bit surprising. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, it's surprising indeed. It's, <laughs> it's like, to me, the Brewers are kind of equivalent to the twins of the other AL Central, uh, or the other Central. I'm sorry, there's only one AL Central. But they, these teams had their peaks, they had their small windows, and they were loaded heavy with their bats. Their pitching both hindered each of these rosters. And now I don't think Milwaukee has a chance at the division. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I just don't think they're better than the Cardinals nor the Cubs. And I think the Reds are even better than Milwaukee as well. I see Milwaukee finishing in fourth. Um, The Central is up for grabs in terms of Cubs or Cardinals. Obviously, Cardinals got Arenado. But with the Cubs making all these last-minute veteran moves, I'm really intrigued into seeing how the Cubs and the NL Central end up being. You know, I I think – both of our teams are going to have really exciting seasons and uh, both the pennant races are going to be, you know, coming down to the wire. Yeah. Down to the wire. Uh, something that we haven't seen good baseball from this whole city in a couple longer than a couple of years now, but it, it would be fun to see good Cubs and Sox baseball. Um, some good games, some good matchups occur. Uh, they obviously play. We hope to be at those games. I'm a season ticket holder, so hopefully I'll be there. Uh, looking forward to those season tickets. Some memorabilia here before we wrap up. I'm getting Scotty Miller, wide receiver on the Buccaneers, game-used autograph towel from the Super Bowl. Uh, that should be pretty cool. That's, That's going to cool. be – yeah, that'll be sick. Not many Super Bowl items available if you game-used collectors are listening. You know the premiums in football – one game, you know, it's not easy to get a World Series item, a Stanley Cup item, NBA Finals item, of course, but those at least have four games each. So your odds of that happening are a little more. This is, you know, players have one helmet, one towel, one pair of gloves. That's it. So that's pretty cool. I've gotten some things from Raymond James Stadium at the Super Bowl. I got a COVID sign that was hanging. It has the Bucks and Chiefs on it. Uh, I got some confetti that fell on the field. I got a Super Bowl Pepsi halftime show bracelet. So I got some cool Super Bowl items in for sure. And uh, I just look forward to picking up more Bucks things. But right now I've cashed out on a lot of Super Bowl apparel, non-game use stuff in general. So I got to cool the Jets a little bit, save up on the bank account heading into baseball season. Yeah, do, do you ever, like, look into selling your things? Like, you, I know you bought a bunch of Bucks stuff, Uh yeah, yeah I throughout the sold, years, I, I sold a couple of things. Um, I actually just sold that Vincent Jackson. I had it on eBay long before he passed away, sadly. Yeah. Um, it just didn't fit my collection anymore. I do love it, but I'm framing his gloves professionally. Um, I'm sending That's his cool. gloves to get framed professionally. I went with that route. See, sometimes I, I like team issued and game used, but I'm more of a game used guy. And I tried to match this Vincent Jackson to a game for the life of me last month with one of my good collecting buddies in the memorabilia, and we weren't able to. So that's why I put it on eBay a month ago. I had a couple things to pay off, such as a Scotty Miller towel as well. And then it just so happened, sadly, the Vincent Jackson news. So I actually did move that one um, today. So it's not easy moving on from any jersey, but at the end of the day, some things just, you know, your collection shapes up differently through the months, through the years. And it was just one of those items. Uh, he's not, I got rid of a Keyshawn Johnson before, you know, I've gotten rid of some jerseys here and there, and it's never an easy thing to do. But at the end of the day, there's always more out there. And, you know, I hope to get a Vincent Jackson game used jersey one day. 
Yeah, and just uh, congratulations on your Bucks winning. I, I know you've been waiting for this one for Super a Bowl champs. There you go. Uh, I love following your uh, your Instagram or not your Instagram, your Snapchat feed from that night. Yeah, I know you guys are partying hard after. Always fun to see. Um, once in a lifetime, bro. Hey, once in a lifetime. Uh, I can't lie. I maybe bet on the Chiefs. I wanted the Bucks to win, but you know the wallet said bet on the Chiefs. But I'm a fucking idiot. What can I say? Tom Brady can't bet against him. Yeah, I'm sorry for your wallet. I know you like the Bucks, so maybe you should have stuck with him. I know. I should have just went with the heart. I should. But hey, for, I've been burned on that one far too many times betting on my Blackhawks. So <laughs> I feel that. I mean, it goes both ways, brain and heart. One of them has to be wrong most times. Usually the brains are wrong. The heart's always right. Heart. Miles and miles of heart. <laughs> that's what win games and that's what win bets. So bet with your heart. Think with your heart. Play with your heart. Uh, just do everything with your heart. Good things happen. Billy, before we wrap it up here, any last words for Cardboard and Cracker Jacks Nation? I should let it be known. Episodes will, you know, opening day, man, we're going to go live. I will guarantee that opening day we will be with you guys live. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this baseball season. I, you know, uh, spring training is just the start, and we got a long road to go. So, you know, stick tight with us. We'll try to make it enjoyable for you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at bgranats95. Um, you can also catch us boys from Cardboard and Cracker Jacks this Sunday on the Cleveland Me Live show. Hey! Yep, excited for that. So go give them a, a you know a listen to on Sunday. I think we're doing it early afternoon, kick off uh, one of the funnest wrestling events of the year, the Elimination Chamber. So, uh, Tony, nope. it's it's always great getting on here with you. Excited for the rest of the season to get going. And yeah, everyone be safe. Everyone be safe. I think you said it pretty damn well there. You can catch me and this guy, my friend right here, on the Cleve and Me podcast occurring um, occurring Sunday for the Elimination Chamber, so that should be fun. You can catch me and Billy on a couple of podcasts throughout the TSPN. Make sure to go follow every podcast at the TSPN. Go to timeskew.com slash podcast. Find all of our affiliates and us. We thank you guys so much, and we're really – Really excited for the season to start. We know the offseason and COVID uh, it hindered some episodes, but the sport's going to be back in full-fledged of spring, and damn it, we're going to be there all steps of the way. We got a baseball team to coach this spring as well. Um, it's going to be fun, man. We got a great baseball season coming at you with this podcast. A lot of game use pickups to be made. You best believe that. A lot of games to be attended you best believe that. A lot of games to coach. You best believe that. Me and Billy are going to be here with Cardboard and Cracker Jacks, and hopefully Jake, too, a lot of steps of the way. So go on, Bill. Oh, I just want to give my boys at Neuqua Valley, the the hockey team, a shout-out. I, I know they've been listening to a couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the support, boys. Shout-out to those goons. Hopefully uh, you guys are doing great in our alma mater, um, Nequa Valley. So hopefully you guys are doing great. Um, good luck to you guys. Uh, if you guys are still in the hockey season, uh, I know Billy's coaching, so I'm sure you guys are playing. Good luck out there, you guys. Uh, go ahead and go win the trophy if there is a COVID cup. Uh, I don't know. 
you know, a lot of high school sports are in limbo right now, but go win it. Uh, Tampa Tones gives you his goodwill and good blessing of go win this shit. Win it. God bless you all. I hope you guys overachieve everything. Billy gave a beautiful shout out, and now I'm giving you guys a blessing. So, Nikwa Hockey, go win it. Thanks again, everyone. That was Cardboard and Cracker Jacks. Until next time, we are out. Thanks so much. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains Within the sound of silence Restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold